Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 117 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. I'm Gary, and I got my partner in crime, uh, Byron, here. How are you doing, Byron? Gary, I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here today, uh, talking about jujitsu with my friend Gary. And uh, great day. We're going to have Gibson Saw on the on the show for an interview today. Yep, uh, Gibson is a MMA and jujitsu expert. Builds uh, victories over uh, Jeff Munson, Hector Lombard. Anybody who can uh, put that on their resume is uh, is pretty top shelf there. Yep, and he really. Uh, during the interview, he'll stress like focusing on the basics and getting good at those, and and he doesn't have uh, like a he runs his own school. He doesn't have like a like a huge school and a huge place with a million people to train with that are all like elite guys, you know, and gals. But he's got he's got his students there, and he's training hard, and he's winning uh, some incredible, uh, accomplishing some incredible things. So it's a very interesting conversation with Gibson. Yep, that's what uh, focusing on the basics does for you. Uh, puts you in position to win. You're right about that, Gary. I'm right about a couple things. <laughs> Not very much, but every now and then. How's your weekend going, Gary? Uh, busy weekend. Uh, wrestling tournaments, uh, but the good thing is I didn't have to work today, so uh, I'll take uh, wrestling tournaments all day long over that. Well, there you go. And uh, Gary does a lot of things at wrestling tournaments, but he's also... Uh, He's in charge of security over there, or, or he helps with security, you know. So if you get a little unruly in a Kansas tournament, there's a good chance you're going to run into Gary. Yep, just look for the guy on the Segway who uh, crashes <laughs> into the wall. That would be me, uh, Paul Blart. Paul Blart. you got to get special uh, wheels for the Segway to, to be on the mats and not damage the mats. Yeah, yep, that's what I do. Or we could just get a hoverboard. Yeah, you got to try one of those. Yep. I... I uh, I don't even know anybody who owns one, so, but, uh, we'll have to try that and we'll put that on YouTubes. Yeah, that could, uh, we better make sure our health insurance is paid up. There we go. Always, uh, good advice, Gary, for any time you're gonna do something dangerous is have your health insurance ready to go. <laughs> could save you thousands of dollars. Yes, yep. Speaking of saving thousands of dollars, I got a quote for us today, Gary. Oh boy, what do you got? Well, I guess it would be a way you could save thousands of dollars, but uh, it is. It doesn't matter how slowly you go, as long as you don't stop. Confucius. Confucius say that quote. Something like that. Yep. No, I mean I, I really think that is the key. Uh, you just don't quit. Um, think, uh, you know, talk about jujitsu. Think about the the person who started fifteen years ago. He. May not train every day, may not train twice a day, may only train once or twice a week, and but does not quit, does not stop, and uh, that person is going to have a high skill level. Just just keep plugging away. Don't don't ever stop. I think it, in a little while we'll get to our article um, of the week, and that, similar to this, like how important it is to just to be consistent and keep going. And in jiu-jitsu, I think part of the problem with people stopping is they feel they hit like a plateau. And, it, and sometimes you hit a plateau, it could last a week, a month, or, you know, the better part of almost a year. And it feels like I'm not getting any better. I'm continuing to go and to train and to try to learn things, but I'm not getting any better. And that's, I think some people will drop off at that point, or they'll get their blue belt and they'll think, well, I've hit the peak. 
I'm not going to get any better than I am right now. And they get demotivated and that's it. And they, and they kind of drop off, but just staying consistent to keep going. Even if it's slow, you're still making progress. It's hard to measure the progress of your jujitsu because it's, it's not like you're jumping higher or lifting more weight. It's jujitsu. It's hard to, to quantify what you're doing. And you're going against the same guys, same guys who are learning the same stuff as you. You're in the gym with them every day. They know your moves. They, they, you guys all learn the moves together. So it is tougher to pull it off, but you are learning. I mean, everybody's going to learn at a different pace. Everybody has different attributes. Uh, some people are older, not in as great a shape. They're probably going to learn a little bit slower, um, but just keep going at it. We're all going to get to that point. It's, it doesn't matter if I run a marathon in, you know, two and a half hours or five hours. We all covered the same distance. It just took me a little bit longer, but but I got there too, and uh, that's the key. Uh, we're all going to get to get there if we keep if we don't stop if we keep going. Yeah, and it's important to not like you said about the marathon. You don't need to compare yourself with your with your teammates, your classmates. This is your journey. You're the one that's that's uh, able to affect your jujitsu the most. Um, just just keeping with it there. And uh, not being demotivated by sometimes the success of others around you. Maybe you've been training for six months and some guy comes in and in two months in, uh, they're performing th- better than you at many things. That can, I can understand how that could be frustrating. Just keep going. You know, your, sl- your progress may be a little bit slow for a while. Just keep going. And, uh, and that's the, that's the benefit of, um, just like that quote, even slow progress is progress. But a lot of times with, uh, Maybe a lack of progress in your jujitsu. Sometimes, um, I think people, especially in the first year or so, get wrapped up in doing the wrong things. They'll have a, a game that, that is taking them away from the basics, the fundamentals of jujitsu. And so in my, uh, audiobook, which is 1199 and helps support the show, um, we, uh, we have chapter four, techniques and positions to focus on. It's a little over an hour long, this chapter four here. The whole book is in like two and a half hours or so, but this chapter itself is, is just, it's a little over an hour, and it is, I'm going to just basically talk to you about uh, the different positions and then the techniques and stuff from those that you should be working on. Really, my goal is to help you avoid um, things that aren't like necessarily too complicated, but may not fit well in your game long term. Like if you learn the basics at the beginning, and then you want to learn something off of those, that's there. But if you were learning like some already tangent uh, technique, that's off the side of the basis and really you don't have a good path to that or it's it you know three or four years on the road that's really not part of your game well then uh that time really wasn't spent very well helping you develop your game so uh, i really in this chapter four of our audiobook your first year of brazilian jitsu um i really want to help you stay on track stay focused on developing uh the proper techniques and uh, positions during uh this early time of your training Man, you know, like everything we're talking about, the quote, kind of what you were just talking about there, in our article, it's all, you know, it all just boils down to consistency. And like I said, we'll get to the article a little bit later, but it really is just stay consistent. Know what you should be learning. Um, like you said on, in the audio book, chapter four, uh, focus on the basics. And basically that goes back to our article of the week this week. And it's, it's really not that hard. Focus on the basics. Stay consistent. Stay healthy. You're going to get there. And uh, just keep plugging away. Yeah, this article, um, it's called How to Stay Consistent in Your Jiu-Jitsu Journey. It, Gary, where is this, where, where is this article found? 
you know, this um, how to stay consistent in your your jujitsu journey. It is actually found on the bjjbrick.com uh, site. So go to bjjbrick.com <laughs> and read this. We we probably won't even put it in the show notes since it's going to be on our page. Absolutely. This this article was written uh, by a guest post by Evie Dawson. She uh, emailed me and, and wanted to know if I would uh, be happy to publish this. I said, absolutely. So just a little reminder, if you have uh, the passion in your heart to write an article but not uh, don't have your own website, send me an email at bjjbrick at gmail.com and we'll be happy to work with you. But this is a, a really nice article that's helping you stay consistent in jujitsu. Yeah, and basically, you know, what Evie says is, you know, it's a sport, you know, which works on the concept that a weak or smaller person can defend himself from an attacker using proper techniques. But we, we need to stay consistent. We need to stay healthy to get to that part. And, uh, you know, she gives uh, really, what, 10 different uh, ten different tips uh, how to stay consistent. And, uh, you know, number one is health is wealth. And the number one priority is health, uh, proper nutrition. As much stress as we're putting our body under, we we are working out hard. We we need that nutrition, uh, basically good solid foods, a balanced diet to to keep us going, to, to keep us recovering, so that we can keep getting on the mat. Um, so uh, definitely uh, make sure uh, you eat a you eat a good healthy diet. Yeah, and going down the list here. Distraction is her number three thing. It's a major obstacle. So this is basically anything off the mat that's going to take you away. And sometimes it's valid, you know, like you, some, some event in your life, uh, demands your attention. Yes, take care of that. But, uh, but try to, try to arrange things in a way where you're still able to keep a positive attitude and, and, and maintain some mat time and, and, uh, and, and get anything negative about you. Like oh, I'm missing it. I'm I'm really not going to be able to catch up to to where I'm at. And, and those sort of things. Get rid of those, and uh, and don't let any off the mat distractions distractions take you away from your long term uh, goal of uh, of jujitsu and the benefits that it will bring you. Another one I like a lot uh, kind of goes with the nutrition aspect. Is number two sound sleep. The way our body recovers is through nutrition and sleep. And uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, in busy lifestyles, and one thing we're going to, well, a lot of times we give up our nutrition and we give up our sleep. But that's definitely going to affect us on the mat. We're, we're not going to be sharp on the mat. We're not going to have this, have uh, the cardio on the mat that we normally would have. And we're not going to recover. So uh, definitely uh, proper wet rest, 9 to 10 hours of sleep a night is important. Uh, take naps if you have to. But uh, sleep uh, is a key part, a key cog of maintaining your good health. So uh, definitely uh, make sure you, uh, you get some sleep. Yeah, I mean, it seems like... Okay, sleep helps me stay consistent. Just yes, if it keeps you from getting ill once a year, you know, if, yeah. you, if, you, if you'd be sick for four days and you could have maybe been healthier if you would have had sleep. Yeah. Gary, how often do you get nine to ten hours of sleep? Never. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I'm a good six and a half, seven and a half if I'm lucky. Yeah, uh, I would love to get nine to ten. Well, actually, I don't even know if I could sleep that long, but sleep is very, very important for your body. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so try, try to get as much sleep as possible. Yeah, and point number five she has is hygiene above all. And this, again, it sounds like, well, why is hygiene? Hygiene may be a, like a, a polite thing to do to come in and not, you know, smell kind of funky and, and to be clean. But really, hygiene, um, it, it'll help get rid of like a 
the chance of staph infections or uh, getting a, like a ringworm or some of the skin condition to where you have to spend time off the mat. You know, it'll, it'll affect your consistency. So having good hygiene, washing your gi every time that you train and, and making sure that it's very, um, very dry very quickly with, you know, you know and keeping things, um, sanitary is a, is a big deal to, to your long-term uh, training and, and to being able to train on a consistent basis. Yeah, that goes back to what we were talking about, distraction. Basically, next thing you know, you get ringworm. That's a distraction. You're off the mat, and every time you're off the mat, it, it's a little bit harder to get back onto the mat. So uh, um, definitely it's going to keep, keep you training. Um, one I really like is, um, what number is it? It is number eight, being flexible. Um, helps us stay consistent in the sport. Flexibility is huge. Um, you, 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 we're going to get put in bad positions. We're going to be stacked. We're going to have our legs and arms twisted in different directions. We're going to have our neck, you know, twisted in different directions. We need to be flexible. Flexible, being flexible is going to help us, help us stay injury free. Um, flexibility and, and mobility will help improve our performance. So, uh, definitely make sure you spend time, uh, you know, being flexible. Uh, make sure you stretch. Make sure you, uh, uh, dynamic stretch, static stretch to, uh, to get you to, uh, a good, uh, Good flexibility level. Yeah. I, I like number nine is exercise, but in the right direction. Um, there, are, there are limitations to when you could train jiu-jitsu, I would say, for almost everybody who trains that's not professional. You know, you can't – I can't train – like right now, it's um, it's like 545 on a Saturday afternoon. There's nowhere to train. I can't train jiu-jitsu now. So if this is my only free time to, to exercise, I need to do that anyway. You know, if, if you're not able to train at the times that training is available, still exercise. This will help bring your health up in general. You're, having your health up high will help you be consistent when training times are available. So um, there's no excuse. Just because you missed jiu-jitsu doesn't mean you can't exercise that day uh, and try to be working out, you know, four, you know, four to seven times a week, really, depending on what your body can handle. But um, So you, you usually go to jiu-jitsu four times. You miss one. You should be you should still be exercising that, that other time uh, at least. So. And I know Gary's great at this. He's always working out. He, you know, if he misses a day on the mat, he's also he's going to work out for sure. Yeah, I find uh, if I work too much time on the mat, kind of leads to injuries for me. So uh, I found out, you know, two to three times a week is best for me on the mat. But all the other days, I, I'm making sure I'm doing some sort of exercise. Um, it allows me to stay, you know, strong, flexible, flexible you know, mobile, uh, keeps my cardio up and, but allows me to recover a little bit better. So, um, and, and plus I, I find myself and everybody's different. I find myself if I don't train seven days a week, if I only train two or three days a week, man, I'm excited each time I train. And, uh, that excitement leads to, uh, I think I, I learn and, and retain stuff better that way too. So, um, but I, I really like to work out on the side and I think that's one of the things that, keeps me going really good in jiu-jitsu but um definitely check out this article how to stay consistent in your jiu-jitsu journey it is posted on the bjj brick facebook page and it's from uh, uh one of our listeners uh, evie dawson she's a fitness coach and health writer in boston massachusetts and uh 
first of all, I do want to say thank you so much for uh, giving us this article and letting us share it with our with our listeners. And anybody else, um, I know we've said this before, but if you have an article or anything, send it to us. Let us take a look at it. We'll talk about it on air. We'll share it. And uh, we know we always appreciate anybody who lends anything to the show. Absolutely. So, uh, you don't have to just – I mean, she wrote an article for our website, which was really nice of her. But if you have a website and you write an article, send it to us. You know, we'd love yeah. to, to cover it. If you don't have a website, send us the article anyway, and we'll be happy yep. to post it for you if that's what you like. So uh, win-win. Yep, and if you have a website, we'll tell people what your website is. We'll we'll direct people there. So uh, we want everybody to learn, and, and they're going to learn from your website too. So uh, uh, sharing is caring, right, Byron? That's what the Care Bears told me. <laughs> as long as Care Bears are always right. <laughs> that's why I have the, the Care Bear Gee Patch, Gary, my friend. Care Bear so, Gee Yep. I think it's time to get on our interview with uh, Gibson Saw. Here we go. Diary of the World's Most Interesting Grappler This is a reading from my diary. As I made my way to the North Pole, my goal was to find a place up there to train. For this is one of the few places on my map that I have never trained. Please forgive my lack of journal entries over the last few days. I believe that I am on day 20 of my journey to the North Pole. I've been on high alert because a polar bear has been following me. I can tell that he is stalking me and I'm considering faking an injury to encourage an attack because this might be my best chance to grapple in this barren wasteland. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Stay sweaty, my friends. All right, my friends, I'm happy to welcome Gibson Saw to the BJJ Break Podcast. Gibson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Byron. I'm glad to be here, man. We're happy to have you. You're uh, a competitor in jiu-jitsu and MMA, and uh, we're excited to have you on the show and, and learn a little bit from you and, and learn what you're up to. Uh, could you give us a little bit of a, maybe a personal history about your jiu-jitsu career and your MMA and just to, like introduce yourself to the audience a little bit if you could? Sure. I'm a second degree uh, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've been uh, training since four years old. I'm uh, 27 years old now. Um, born in Fortaleza, Ceará. Um, you know, trained with uh, my father and my brother, Francisco Sazinho and uh, fr- uh, Professor Sazinho. And in Jiu-Jitsu, I'm two-time world champion, uh, two, uh, national champion in Brazil and the U.S. Um, AGCC absolute champion for the qualifiers from the nationals um in mma i'm currently three and two my record at 205 light heavyweight and i uh currently fighting for a organization in south carolina called conflict which i uh i'm the light heavy champion now so <laughs> i think that's pretty much it wow that's uh you have a long history of, of uh martial arts and, and training and uh, you started when you were four years old. Yes, just uh, my father was a, a BJJ red belt. You know, at the time he was a black belt, but um, you know, it pretty much that was my first uh, first sport, and uh, you know, started at, from home. You know, so it was a uh, since a young kid. You know, he started with break falls and uh, basic stuff. You know, but I started to take him more. You know, more serious when I was like uh, 13 years old, training like two times, three times a day. Since then, I haven't stopped. You know, training on that rhythm. Uh, where did you grow up? 
In Fortaleza, Brazil, um, it's a it's a city in the northeast. There's actually a lot of a lot of good jiu-jitsu fighters and MMA fighters from there. Um, my father was one of the pioneers in the state. You know, he was the guy that um, made jiu-jitsu big in there. He had over twenty five thousand students. You know, and um, my brother is uh, the highest rank belt over there now. He's a seventh degree quarter belt. And um, it's a it's a cool city, man. It's very beautiful. It's on the beach, you know, and um, has a lot of, like I said, a lot of good jiu-jitsu there. Cool. And now, now you're in the United States. Yes, I'm in Columbia, South Carolina now. When I, I came in 2009, and I went to uh, Syracuse, New York, and uh, in 2011, I relocated to uh, South Carolina. So that's what I've been since then. And how has your your training been going uh, in South Carolina? South Carolina is it's kind of hard for me to train personally, you know, because uh, it it's not like a lot of jujitsu here, and um, you know, I own my own gym, so I teach uh, I teach to my own students, and our, our highest belts are like blue belts, you know. We just have our first purple belts, but um, you know, I'm I'm able to train. I just uh, you know, it's not like I have ten black belts to train every day, you know. But it's still like uh, last year. I mean, this year, you know, 2015, I won Pan Nation, Pan's Nationals, and uh, third place in the world. You know, so I think uh, when these guys start getting even better, I'll have a better training. You know, but um, you know, mostly of my training was was done in Brazil. That's where I learned everything. You know, um, here is more like a you know adaptation to the. It's kind of like a different game, you know. In Brazil, people don't train no gi much, so that's one of the things that I got better here. Do you do MMA? Do you uh, when you're getting ready for a fight? Do you put the gi away, or do you always keep the no, gi? No, I train with gi. I train with gi every every day. Okay. Um, you know, I I like to train with gi, and I think when you train with gi towards the MMA preparation, it's almost like a. Um, a relaxing time of your training, you know what I mean? Because you always sparring, you always training no gear, which is a lot more rough. So when you put the gear on, you really work on your technique. You know, it's not like you're gonna be, uh, um, you know, using that 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 stressful training all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that so makes I, sense. I like to train with the gear a lot. Do, do you change like if you're training for a a, a very difficult gear tournament? Uh, uh, do you train differently in the gi versus when you're training? Like you, you, you got an MMA fight two weeks away. Are you are you not using some grips that you would maybe uh, use in a, in a gi tournament, or do you just do you um, just train? It kind of varies, like because I try to you know stay training um, gi and no gi consistently, so I train the same way throughout the whole year. Um, when MMA comes, you know, like three four months before the fight. Then I start focusing a little bit more on my striking, you know. But um, I don't like before the MMA fights. I don't take anything away from jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like I stay training gi, training no gi, and, and um, you know, like I said, the only thing that increases the the striking part. You know, I think um, you know my biggest weapon in MMA is uh, jujitsu. So I just always got to keep uh, you know um, getting better on it. Yeah, I like I like that idea of uh, getting better at what you're. And it's fun. Like at. you can you can spar like in jujitsu and nogi every day. You can spar MMA every day. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 
you get a lot of injuries, concussion. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you do on day sparring. Even in light sparring, you always, uh, you know, get a little roughed up. Yeah, you, you've got uh, a lot of matches in jiu-jitsu. Can you maybe tell me about some of your uh, favorite uh, wins that you've had? And you've, you've had some pretty big, uh, you've beaten some pretty big name guys. Yeah, I think like, you know, it, it's been like a, a while, but it's uh, it's a lot of people talk about it. You know, I think Dolfo and Bushesha was like the biggest, biggest, biggest ones, you know. The guys are like the best in the world right now, you know, and it's uh, both of them almost unbeatable and um Bushesha was actually by submission you know which was cool um in uh, 2007 2009 and um last year I tapped uh Jeff Monson in the, the nationals for the Abu Dhabi and um this year I uh, tapped uh, Hector Lombard you know which is a guy that never been submitted in 42 MMA fights you know so it's a uh, it's pretty cool, but you know, I think uh, right now I'm I'm trying to chase more you know titles than the big names. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a there's a those guys is a I, I think sometimes I say you know I was lucky enough to beat to fight them and beat them. You know, <laughs> but um, you know it's a uh, right now I want to focus. I was telling my wife you know about resolutions for 2016. I wanted to. Be back, you know, to jujitsu and compete on the higher level. This year, I don't even train as much as I wanted to. I trained a lot, but not as much as I wanted to. And I still, you know, like I said, was able to to be on the the podium of the top black belts, you know. So hopefully, this year will be even better. 2016. Yeah. I was ranked uh, in October. I was ranked number one on the on the super heavy at the IBJJF, you know. Which, like I said, I haven't I haven't been on the competitions much i only competed like five ibjjf competitions this year could you maybe describe your uh your style or, or your typical game plan when you're grappling i like to do everything you know i like to be i like basics you know yeah i think uh a lot of people a lot of people get um get excited about the the new stuff you know and think the things that are very very modern, but I, I like to play basic. You know what I mean? Like I, if I play guard, I play guard very basically. Um, you know, if I if I play on top, it's you know not too much fancy stuff. You know, but mainly as everybody know, I like to play like to play bottom. You know, close guard, De La Riva, spider. You know, butterfly guard, anything that's a that's a um, basic and effective. You know, I. Kind of help my students a little bit when they ask me questions about, you know, beating bolo, warm guard, and everything. And I think it's a, it's not a waste of time. But I, I think they, if they learn what's basic and effective, they'll win a lot more matches than just uh, focus in, uh, you know, fancy stuff. That's what I, I believe. You know, is that the kind of. Uh focusing on the basics you've t- you know like tapping out you know, jeff munson and hector lombardio those are really impressive accomplishments is it is it your basics that really helped with that or or oh yeah oh yeah you know both of them were real naked chokes you know which i mean that's one of the most <laughs> used moves in mma and i mean jujitsu you know um you know it's uh i think a lot of times and it, it's not that i don't like 
you know, I like to see it when the guys are very good at it. But what frustrates me sometimes, it's that we go to competitions and, you know, there's that blue belt over there that he's very good at doing bini bowl or warm guard or whatever, and the guy can't finish a cross choke. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of times, like I said, it, it, it's almost, it feels like a waste of time to be working on all that stuff and forgetting what's effective, you know? Just like, uh, you know, I, I was uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, he does another martial art, and um, he was telling me, well, I think any jiu-jitsu guy can get beat up if he gets, you know, punched or slapped or whatever. I was like, well, I don't believe my students. That would happen with my students, but I kind of agree with you because a lot of a lot of times they, that's what the guys are doing now, you know, like working on beating bowling and warm guard. They don't even know a, a basic self-defense move they don't even know like how to apply a good takedown so it's a uh, i don't know i think some people are missing out on that you know and plus you're a blue belt there's plenty of time for you to learn all that stuff you know up to your black belt <laughs> i think i learned more after the after i got my black belt than any any other belt <laughs> yeah it's a um you're, you're there for a while that that definitely makes it uh makes it uh a lot of learning time, but uh, it just seems to keep growing. And, and there's always, you say you're learning more, but like you're focusing on the basics, which is really impressive that uh, maybe you're learning at a deeper level versus uh, a whole bunch of different techniques. Yeah, it's, you know, I I said it um, not too long. I say in class all the time that I've learned, like I always did the grip, you know, um, whenever we're standing or whatever. And my grip was always so tensed, you know. So, like, my brother one time taught me, like, how to do the grip a little bit differently. And, you know, I kind of saw it, but I never really put in practice, never use it. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I started, you know, using, like, remembering that. And I was like, man, I should use this a little more. And it, it completely changed everything standing up, you know what I mean? So, it's it just like... You're always going to have those clicks. You know what I mean? You're always going to be learning something, something different. It, may, it might take time. So a lot of times people quit. A lot of times people get frustrated because they don't learn stuff quickly, you know. But it's not it's not about being quick. It's about being, you know, about works. Is it going to work? You know, take your time and just make, make sure it works well. It's like anything that's good, you know, it takes time. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, a lot of times with uh, today's uh, modern ideas, people want things now. You know, I could, I could order yes. something online and get yes. it tomorrow, and I could, you know, yep. get my dinner in five minutes, and and this sort of thing. But jujitsu is different than that. It takes time. It takes the, uh, and the blood it's frustrating, and sweat. man, because people think it's everything is like that. Like you said, you know, jujitsu is different. You got to invest your time. You got to invest dedication, and it just. Uh, you're not going to get any better if you don't take your time in it. Yeah. Can you think of a lesson? You you said when you were about 13, you kind of took jujitsu more seriously. Can you think of something that you, or maybe a story that you could share of like learning something that back then that still sticks with you today? Triangle chokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, it's obviously my favorite move, as favorite submission, I guess. Um, it It is just... You know, triangle is about hips and like controlling, controlling that top leg. You know, the leg that goes across the neck or whatever. And I remember that I've always tried to do triangle, and uh, that was this brown belt. And 
he I kind of got it on him. I was a blue belt, and he was like, "Dude, your triangle, your triangle is very good." I was actually a yellow belt, and uh, the guy was very, you know, was like, "Your triangle is very good. You just gotta make sure that you use this and that." And as soon as the guy taught me the little detail of like turning the knee in, pushing the leg down, whatever, I was like, "Wow, this is gonna work." So you know, like I I want to want to do any other submission. That was the only submission I want to do. So you know, again. Why not focus on triangle, armbar, cross chokes, kimuras, you know, from guard, and try to go for, a, you know, a, a reverse binibolo, delahivo, this and that. You know what I mean? Yeah. How is your when you're training uh, your triangle choke for MMA? Do you change anything with it, or do you um, set it up a little differently? I do it the same way. Matter of fact, my last fight now, that's how I got the guy. You know, I uh, I threw a kick on him and. Uh, he kind of caught my leg. We went to the ground to stand up again. I went for guillotine, and then I missed the guillotine. And I went on my guard. So right away, I locked the triangle and start, you know, pounding him from the guard from inside the triangle. So it's a it's a position that for MMA works well. You know, obviously, I don't want to be on bottom of MMA, but you know, because I I lost the submission attempt for the guillotine, um, that's what I felt. So. And it works, you know. Like I said, it works. It works against white belts, and it works against black belts. Man, the same move. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. It works with guys that are, you know, high level. Like I go to, I will go to um, nationals and pens and whatever. I still can get it. Obviously, they will watch for it now, but you know, once in a while, I can still can get it. It's not my to go move anymore because people kind of like wait for it, you know. Yeah, that, that that's just that speaks to to what you're saying about the basic techniques. You you go to a tournament, you'll see white belts doing triangles, and you'll see black belts doing triangles, and you'll see, you know, so every now and then you'll see somebody who's amazing at jiu-jitsu get caught in a triangle, and it it's a it's a it's a great technique. It's a basic technique, and oh, yeah. and you could you could work on it for ten or twenty years and still get better at it a little bit at a time, and and your triangle will just continue to get uh, stronger for you. Matter of fact, that's how Crown uh, won his fight last night, this morning, I think. Um, he got the, the guy on the triangle, you know, and uh, finished the guy in Japan. Yeah. So uh, you, you've you had uh, a really great year, you know, uh, in 2015. A lot, of, a lot of good competitions, a lot of good things going on for you. What do you expect uh, for 2016? Um, I hope to be better. You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a busier year, definitely. Um, I'm already planning on to do pans, nationals, and worlds of both gi and no gi. Um, then uh, I gotta defend my title for the MMA on April 30th in Colombia. Um, I'm gonna be having a baby, maybe in like July or June. <laughs> Congratulations! My wife's thank you. My wife's pregnant, so it's gonna be our first one. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun year, you know. I uh, the only thing I really want it's uh, like I said, you know, be able to compete on the biggest competitions. Um, the first one of the year will be uh, uh, February sixth, which will be Atlanta Open, um, and then it starts. You know, I have a. I think I'm gonna have a super fight in March. It's not decided yet who who's opponent or whatever in Ohio, and um, I think for the for the First semester, I'm probably going to do like eight or ten competitions, you know. And uh, we'll see about locally because they have some uh, Nagas uh, in Atlanta and uh, North Carolina, which uh, 
you know, it's a good competition to stay uh, to stay in the rhythm. Um, IBJJF doesn't come much to the south. They only have uh, in Florida and uh, Atlanta. So it's kind of tough for me to travel, you know, with the gym and the, you know, training and all that. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to have a great year. And, hey, you're, you're, I'm excited for you. You're having a, a baby. Um, and you, Thank you. July or June or July, is that what you said? Yeah, it should be around June or July. So this kind of puts you in a situation that your father was in, having kids and 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 being a and doing jujitsu. Do you anticipate oh, yeah. your 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 child doing jujitsu? And at so what age will they start at? You think? Mm, definitely, <laughs> it's almost like uh, my <laughs> wife doesn't doesn't she likes more like Muay Thai kickboxing. She trains at our gym too. Wow, um, she trained jujitsu before. You know, um, she's. She's uh she's the one that always says, you know, I can't wait to see him, you know, if he's Guion or her with her Guion and whatever. So it's uh you know, one is uh I'm not gonna like I never had pressure from home. Okay. I mean my father never really pressured me to, you know, oh you gotta go train, you gotta be a fighter like us, you gotta be a black belt or whatever. But it was always like almost like a recreation. You know what I mean? Like whatever whatever we do, jitsu was involved, you know what I mean? So in, you know, 2000, probably like 2004, 2003, he, um, he put mats on our house. You know, again, he stopped teaching, but he was like, you know what? I'm just going to put some mats here at the house, and I'm going to start teaching you and your younger brother, you know. Um, that way you guys don't have to go all the way to your brother because it was kind of far. And then uh, it kind of sparked the motivation again, you know, for us to be training. That's when I was like 13 and uh that's the same thing that I want to do, you know. I remember my um, first things learning, just probably like four or five, it was a uh, break falls, you know. And I still remember my father teach me. So it's kind of like a goal. I want my, to teach my kid the same thing, you know. Yeah. Teach him the break falls, teach him the takedowns and, you know, basic jokes and make it fun, you know. Like I do with my, my students here. Our, our biggest program is kids. I have about 50 kids training, you know, and it's a... Uh, all the kids are, are very, you know, I push them, like when it gets competition time and everything, but it has to be fun for them, you know what I mean? It has to be something that they really enjoy it, and you're not teaching them crap. There's a lot of times the guys want to just, you know, have the gym as a playground, the kids don't learn jujitsu, and a lot of times they want to be too serious, and the kids, you know, just quit. They just don't, they're, they're tired of it, you know, so I think the kids are, it's a tough job. But, you know, as long as they they keep the passion for it, they'll go far, you know? Yeah, I think that the, one of the things that I picked up from you just now is that uh, you enjoyed it as a kid, and it was almost seen as a recreational thing that – something you did for fun. So yes. if if you had been pushed, like you're going to compete, you know, uh, you know, you've been training for a little while, it's time to time to get up there and, and, and see how good you are and, and make you the best possible – jiu-jitsu guy there is at your age you know and and skill level that would have been uh maybe taking some of the fun out of it and now as an adult you may not be doing that so i think that that keeping it fun for um your your future child is uh is definitely a way to uh if they have any sort of interest in jiu-jitsu to keep that interest going and to and to help them uh, have a have a long and and wonderful jiu-jitsu time yeah and a lot of times, I, I love soccer. You know, I used to love a lot more. I don't play here much because there's a it's different. You know, you don't play as much as you do in Brazil. So, yeah. 
um, I used to love play soccer and I, I used to just miss jujitsu classes to go to play soccer, you know. And my dad was like, man, you know, you should be training, you know, you, you could be good and whatever. And I was like, no, that you know, I, I really like soccer, man. I can be a millionaire in soccer or whatever. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're not going to be a soccer player. And then um, I, <clears throat> he used to make deals with me. You know, I wanted to play as a goalie. So he was like, listen, if you train this whole month, I'll buy a pair of gloves for you. So <laughs> I used to go and just train like three weeks. And I was like, you come with my gloves and I would stop for like two <laughs> months, you know. Um, so, you know, it was like, like, like I said, I didn't have to be there every day i didn't have to be there you know be training but when i started to you know i told i told my brother and him i was like man i want to start competing and then i start you know competing and everything and then they start pressuring me you know what i mean they said listen not pressuring but saying you know like listen now you are a competitor you know you have a family name and you know people are gonna want to beat you up because you my brother or my son so you know, make sure when you go to competitions, go prepared. You know what I mean? So I've always thought about that, you know. Like in our city, our state yeah. over there, we're very respected. Sort of like the Gracies because my, my dad is a pioneer, you know. So the guys were like, they look up to us a lot. And, uh, you know, we we try to, to always, you know, have a good, uh, good feedback, you know. Got to go to the competition, got to go prepared. Yeah, that, that that's cool. And I... Uh... I'm looking. I'm looking forward to, to to the way that your son or daughter turns out, and and uh, <laughs> and, and how man. you're able to kind of share that uh, you know legacy that that your father has passed down to you onto the next generation. That's yeah. Uh, that's when gonna I, be exciting. When I born, um, I born in '88, right? So my a, my older brother, Sazinho, he's a seventh degree now. He just got it. Um, he he got his black belt in '84. Five. So when when I born, my brother was already a black belt. When my 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 brother born in sixty four, my daddy was a black belt in fifty nine. So when he born, my daddy was already a black belt. You know. So now my kid, my daughter, my son, we don't know yet. You know, when he born or her born, I'm already going to be a black belt. So it's going to be a kind of cool, you know, um, good uh, lineage and all that. So I I just I tell my wife all the time she wants a boy too. Um, but I told her we gotta have a boy to keep the legacy alive. You know, <laughs> gotta be a, gotta be the next warrior. You mentioned that uh, training, training there. You don't have, obviously, don't have a whole bunch of black belts like you did uh, back in Brazil to to train with and to help yes. uh, help you get better. So you have a lot of a lot of blue belts or or, or as, as your training partners. How do you how do you train with them and continue to to get better and to advance your game? I try. Like one of the things I try to do a lot is, you know, try to do training out of the gym. Like, you know, do like a little functional training or a little conditioning. So it helps just to stay, you know, ready or whatever. Um, but in, in training, what I do a lot is, uh, it's, uh, you know, king of the hill or, you know, person in the middle. So I'm the guy that stays in the middle and, uh, you know, just let the students come in, practice, um, techniques that they're, they're, you know, I'm weak at it, and um, I try to use a lot of the techniques that I'm good at it just to get better on them, you know. Um, I try to train, you know, mostly in the morning because most, most of my classes are at night. So, um, you know, I leave the end of the day for MMA sparring or jiu-jitsu sparring, but mostly of my training, training is in the morning, on the morning class. Um, 
And you know, it, it's tough, but like I, I have fun because while I'm training, I'm seeing my students getting better, you know? So it's not like I'm just focused on me anymore. Yeah. Um, it used to be just, you know, go to the gym and only have to focus about, you know, worry about me. But because my students know my games so well, because they, they train with me every day, they already know how to counter. They already know how to defend a lot of stuff that I do, which makes me, you know, go to different routes, do different things. So it's a, uh, I guess, uh, you know, I, I used to talk about with my brother all the time when I was in Syracuse because it was the same way. I didn't have students and, and um, you know, I used to ask him, I was like, but dude, Roger Gracie, man, he's, you know, he trains just like, he wins all these absolute at the world and he only trains with his students, you know. And the thing is, like, the guy do the same thing, you know. He sits down and he drills with his students and, you know, he gets beat up by them all the time, put himself in bad positions. So it's uh, kind of like what I do, you know. But I'm not Jorge Gracie yet. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, take, it'll take a while. Gibson, what do you do before a match? Like, let's say you've got a match that's going to start in 10 minutes. Um, what are you doing to kind of just get ready and get in the zone? First thing I do is uh, get a good playlist on my phone. You know, I like to listen to music a lot before before matches. Um, I stay hydrated. You know, I try to. I don't drink much water like ten minutes before the fight, but I try to just you know kind of like keep my mouth uh, moisture so yeah. I don't get dried in doing the match um, and warm up very well. You know, I. I didn't used to do that. I've lost a lot of matches because of that. Um, I use, I just stretch a little bit. You know, I didn't even use to warm up. I will just go in, shake hands, and then during the match, I would warm up. You know what I mean? Because I would think like, no, I don't want to burn my energy or whatever. But now, I warm up very, very well before the matches. You know what I mean? So, like, my goal is to walk into the mat, like, sweating already. If I'm sweating, you know, it, it means I'm ready. So, I just, uh, that's one of the things. Two of the things that I try to focus, you know, I don't stretch much, um, you know, obviously 10 minutes before the, the match and uh, just focusing what I'm going to do. You know, a lot of people try to focus on what the opponent's going to do. I try to focus more on what I'm going to do. Be first, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a great being first is a, is a great way to, to start any combat sport, I think. Um, so I'm looking at when, when I'm training. Some of my best uh, time on the mat is when I'm when I'm sweaty, when I'm a little bit like, you know, maybe in two or three rounds, and, and I, uh, I'm starting to yes. not get tired, but I'm but I'm breathing heavy, and I and I'm kind of warmed. I feel good, and I think that's kind of similar to what you're what you're doing when you. I'm, I'm guessing that's the condition that you're you're looking to be in, you're like not tired, but but definitely. Um, yes. I feel like the groove Your is there. Your heartbeat went went higher a little bit, you know, and sometimes I even like. If I have a blue belt or someone from my gym, I, I roll with them a little bit, you know, yeah. um, just to kind of like feel the positions, feel the grip or whatever. But, um, you know, you got to be careful with that because a lot of times because the adrenaline, you don't, you don't feel it, you know, so you end up getting hurt or hurting your, your training partner. For my MMA fight now, <laughs> um, my, one of my students, he probably got more beat up than the guy in the ring, you know, because, uh, <laughs> I was so like excited in the locker room that I was you, you know we we're just walking through stuff or whatever I was kicking him I was punching him he's like dude I can't wait for the fight cause I'm tired of getting beat up you know but it, like I said it's just you don't feel it you know it's a lot of adrenaline so you don't you don't um, realize it 
Yeah. That, a lot uh, of times you break stuff in the competitions, you don't even feel it. I've seen guys breaking fingers and they're like, what? Broke my finger? Wow. Just the, the adrenaline and the excitement of the, of yeah. the event. You don't notice some things. You People say, ask if MMA hurts. You know, it doesn't hurt, man. Oh, when you're over there, it doesn't hurt. Thank God I never, like, my five MMA fights, I didn't get one scratch, you know, like, not one bruise. But I got punched, you know, in the head, punched in the mouth. But it, it's like, you don't feel it. You know it's there, but, you you, you know, you don't feel it. Well, I'll, I'll have to take your word for that. I'm not uh, not real excited about getting punched <laughs> in the mouth or in the face or no. <laughs> it, it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely not fun. I wouldn't like to get hit, you know. But um, um, you know, it's a uh, it happens that you yeah. just, uh, I, I guess, it gives you a shock on your body. I don't know, I don't know what the adrenaline really does, but it's incredible. Yeah, I don't feel it. You said you like to listen to music. What do you listen to? I listen to everything, to hawk, from rap, to hip-hop, to, to, to techno, to the dubstep now, right? Um, I just like to listen to things that I listen more like a sound than the actual uh, lyrics, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of Brazilian songs, too. It's just, uh, I think it just makes me think about, makes me focus a little bit more, you know? Than hearing like people all the time, you know, trying to give you advices. Um, I think the only people you should listen is your coach, you know, or yeah. whoever is that to coach you. Cause, uh, you know, it's, uh, especially when it's like black belt matches or whatever, everybody wants to say something and, you know, you end up getting disconcentrated. Like, oh yeah, you should do this, you should do that. And you don't want to lose focus. So I try to kind of like go to a corner and, uh, put my hoodie on, warm up and, just get ready, you know. Yeah, that, that's that, that's great advice. Listen to your coach. There's there's nobody that knows you better than your coach. And if they if they see you and you look like you know if you're coaching somebody and they look like they um, need confidence, well, that's your as a coach, your job is to give them confidence. It look like they, yes. that they're confused about maybe a technique that, that that the opponent did in the first round. That maybe you should coach a little bit about that. But like. Really trusting your coach and listening to your coach is a big, uh, big deal, and it's a it's a big step in I think maturity with competition. You know, being able to to take that feedback and and use it immediately. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna. It was uh, I'm gonna tell about this parent. I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like a funny situation, you know, regard to that because uh, I was at a Naga competition one time, and there was one of my kids. He's very very good, you know, good guard and. Higher belt, kids, but higher belt, and um, he was uh, he was supposed to beat this kid like easily, you know. What I mean, and I was just like, yeah. But what happened when he pulled guard? He pulled the kid to side control, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know. So I was telling him, like, dude, face him, forearm against the throat, and shrimp away from him, you know, trying to make him face the kid and to you know put his guard back. So. So he started looking at me and he started listening. He started, you know, doing the right thing, moving away from the kid and shrimping out and getting his hips in. So his father comes out of nowhere and he goes, no, guillotine, guillotine. <laughs> but my kid was on bottom side control, you know. So I guess, you know, like you said, the, the, the thing about listening to your coach and listening to the father. But I guess the kid is so used to listen to his father at home and, you know, and everything. He went for his father's advice and he went for guillotine front side control on bottom, which is, I mean, 
you might can get it someone, but it's gonna be <laughs> one in a million. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then the kid went to his back and took him out, and I just kind of like well, I walk away. I got out of the chair and I just walk away. <laughs> then I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? I told you to shrimp. You know, get your guard back. You never go for guillotine or side control. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was afraid for my daddy. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, was kind of like funny, you know. So, you, again, you should always listen to your coach, man. That's the guy that knows you and knows your, your mistakes. And, I mean, know your weaknesses and knows your, your, your strong parts of your game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And it's not always easy. Like that, that I can tell that kid, he, he knew uh, – Deep down, that you had the right answer, that you. Oh, but yeah. he didn't oh, yeah. want to to disappoint his dad either. So <laughs> he yeah. he's like, well, this probably this could work, and and it wasn't the right move. But uh, could you? That's the, we, other, the other thing about kids, man, they you know they lose a match, they don't care. They go to the gym next day, training. There's no such thing as oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, I don't get better. You hear that from adults. You know, kids are just like they like I said they enjoy it. You know, I don't know if I do anything differently with them as far as, you know, make them enjoy it. But not many of the kids come to me and like, oh, I hate because I lost. I tell them all the time. You should hate because you lose because if you like the loss, you're not a champion. You know what I mean? But you can be so rough on yourself. You know, competitions, you win and lose. I've lost a lot, man. You know, so it's a yeah, – I tell them all the time. I, if you guys combine every single match that you guys lost – it doesn't even match what I lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, so it, it's a uh, it's part of the game. When yeah. you lose, you you get better. We have a, a lot of uh, blue belts listening, and, and a lot of white belts who are getting close to that blue belt level. Can you maybe share with us what you were like as a blue belt and, and what you were doing? Um, again, like basics. I like to. I've always liked to walk on the basics. You know what I mean? I think if. Uh, as a, an advice for white belts and blue belts, just take your time, you know. Really, like, learn things, how they work and why they work, and, you know, work about, worry about how should I set up a move, you know, um, walk and be relaxed. Because things that Alex said, a lot of people skip steps, you know, and when they get, like, higher belt, they catch up with them. Purple and brown belt, it's, it's a, I think the main difference that people feel, it's uh, from blue to purple. You know what I mean? And actually, blue to purple, purple to brown. Um, brown belt and black belt, it's a level difference, but the game, it's the same. You know, it's foot locks and there's, you know, a lot of, it's a higher level. But, you know, like, like I talked about earlier, you know, nowadays white belts want to come to the gym and learn beating bolo, man. You know, without not knowing how to finish a cross collar choke, how to finish a, a non-bar from mount, how to get out of mount. You know, how to get out of side control, how to get out of north-south. Um, a couple, you don't have to know much, but, you know, basic self-defense, you know. How how um, how embarrassing someone slapping in the face and you don't even know how to defend it. You don't even know how to avoid that, you know. What are you going to do? You're going to pull Benny Bolo when the guy slapping in the face in the street? So I, I think, like, my advice that I would give to white belts and, and you know, blue belts is really take your time. Don't try to rush things because, as you know, it takes a long time to be a black belt. So why, you know, why enjoy the, I mean, spend this time with things that you can learn as a high purple belt, as a as a brown belt, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a lot of times people skip steps and it's frustrating, you know, because 
it's not just frustrating for you to see as an instructor, but it's frustrating to see as uh, for them. You know, like the guys, the guys gonna get like purple belt and brown belt, so and they're gonna get like stuck. They're gonna be like, man, I don't, I don't know nothing after this. You know what I mean? I don't know basics. So it's uh, a lot of times that's what takes people motivation away too. Yeah, that that's great advice, and and I think you'll help uh, people who are feeling stuck who realize that that's a normal feeling and that it, it will go away and you'll continue to get better. I mean, that's that's just part of uh, and I think growth. and I think you should really like you know understand that you're gonna have frustrations in jujitsu. Sometimes people are too rough on them. They're like. Oh, I'm never going to be good at this. And, you know, you're going to have bad days. Many. Not just, you know, not just <laughs> one. I tell my students all the time, man. In Brazil, I used to, like, you know, get out of the gym. And then I used to have to walk about 15, 20 minutes to go to the bus stop. And then from the bus stop, I used to pick up the bus and go, like, 45 minutes an hour standing. You know, because the bus was, like, packed. So, when I used to leave the gym from that walk, I was already like super tired from the training. Um, you know, you have to go standing on the bus with a bunch of people, you know, people coming from work and, you know, it's like a crazy busy. And then by the time you get home, your elbows don't even bend. I couldn't even take the showers, <laughs> you know, because my elbows were like so beat up for one bars and everything. And, you know, there's there was days, man, that was like so frustrating. It was like, man... And for me, even more, because I always put that pressure on myself. I was like, man, my dad is the black red belt. My brother is a black belt. I got to be good, you know. But I think that, you know, a lot of training partners at from my time is still training. They're still like, you know, they're very good. But a lot of guys just quit. And I think what made me better than a lot of the guys was consistency. You know, it didn't matter what it was. I was there. Just like, you know. Man, I don't care. I want to learn this. You know what I mean? And and my daddy and my brother always treat me um, just alike or even worse than the students. You know, they never gave me, like, special treatment. I never had, like, you know, oh, I'm going to teach you private classes on the weekends. You know, I never had that. Was, I was a normal student, you know. And I've always trained at the same place. Never to go to another gym to, to learn, you know. Oh, I'm going to... Because I'm gonna fight Bushesh or Rodolfo, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a training camp at whatever. You know, we're the same guys. You know, what I mean? and I didn't even plan on you know fighting Rodolfo, Bushesh, or whatever. You know, so it's a uh, one. I think it's uh, another thing too. You know, that nowadays it's just uh, people don't have loyalty anymore. You know, I think uh, one thing that's gonna make your jujitsu good it's uh, your loyalty because when you have someone that you are loyal to them. You hope, and, and obviously, they will be loyal back to you. So as an instructor, when you know your student's loyal to you, you're going to do whatever to make them better. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, I, I see, I've, I've seen many times instructors that they like their students, but they don't teach them everything because they're like, man, I think this guy's going to be like a, a penalty. You know, this guy's going to like change teams one day or whatever. So if you have the confidence on, on the student and the, the student have confidence on the instructor, that person only going to get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Gibson, if somebody wants to come train I with do, you, I would do anything to make my students better than me. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a, that's a big statement for a, for a coach, and and just having that mindset that that you want your students to get better than you, and 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 you're really putting uh, yourself into their training. That's great. Yeah, it's a you know, it should be your goal. 
if you if you always trying to be better than your students, try to be like a, how we call you know the the mad king or whatever. Yeah, you're not doing any favor to anyone. You're yeah, not, you know. And I tell my students all the time too. It those guys, you know, like they have a lot of respect for me, but I don't I don't boss them around. You know, I don't I don't walk in a on the street and say, oh, you know, I'm your bike belt. Do this for me or whatever. You know, I'm a normal person. Those guys are like, matter of fact, they're paying me for service. You know what I mean? That's that's how I think. So might as well do my job right and make the guys, you know, really enjoy the place and really, you know, appreciate what we do. That's all I tell my students. You know, the 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 monthly payment, it you know, nobody gets rich on Jiu Jitsu. Unless you you're selling belts online or I think those guys eventually gonna get rich. But um, you know, you're not gonna be rich off Jiu Jitsu. You know, you pay your light bills, you pay taxes, you pay this, you pay that. On the end of the month you don't have much, you know. So I tell my students, what pays me, it's not the, the monthly payment, it's the loyalty, the discipline, the respect, you know, what those guys bring to to our team, you know. How they go to the competition, they wear our, our Phoenix, you know, logo there, and they represent it. So I think uh, I think that's what, what a lot of people are missing out. You know, people are just, well, profit, 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 and they don't, they don't build a family. They don't build a team. You know, we have about... 150 students in our school, everybody's like family, man. Everybody's yeah. like one for the other, you know. If anything happens with a family member, everybody goes there and tries to help. People there, are, you know, that we barely know. It comes to the gym and everybody wants to help, you know. So it, it creates like a, an environment that you don't have. Sometimes you don't even have in church, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I tell, people, I tell people, you know, it's a it's a blessing to be able to, to be around that, surrounding by those people, you know. Yeah. Like you were saying, some some gyms and cultures it seems like profit, profit, profit. But it seems like you are focused more on people, 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 and and you'll make enough money to 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 live a, a happy uh, and good lifestyle. But focusing on people instead of profit is is, is yeah, a way to, to feel good I, about it. I'm I'm not a guy that I'm like driving a, a brand new car. You know, <laughs> I'm not a guy that I'm partying on the weekends. You know what I mean? So my money goes to one. It goes to invest in the gym. That's my main. You know, that's our house. That's a and I tell everybody, you know, I'm not doing this because, you know, I want to have a business venture or I'm not doing this because uh, I want to try something to make money. This is my life, man. You just, you know, my gym, it's, it's, it's my temple, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anything goes to that. And, you know, I, I, people that, that come and, you know, enjoy the atmosphere, they, they're the same. They a lot of times people come to me, they're like, oh, what do you need for the gym? Well, you know, how can I help? Because they, they feel like that's their, their home too, you know? And um, as soon as you, you have that environment, you don't have to worry about money because, you know, it's a uh, money, it's a, it's a material thing. It, it goes away. The confidence, the loyalty, the, the discipline that those guys have, it, it you can't pay it. I've been in, uh, in gyms, they're like, oh my God, you know, like, millions of dollars of investment and it's not such a good atmosphere you know we have like a little facility and everybody's there for everybody you know yeah. and I think another thing is this southern hospitality too I think it's another thing that plays into it you know people are very very nice around here yeah that that's that, that's a great place to be and, and if somebody wants to come there and, and train with you and and uh and see your gym, how would they do that? They can visit us anytime, and we have classes 
on mornings and evenings every day, P-N-O-G-E on, on the week. And um, we're, like I said, Monday to Saturday. We're in Columbia, South Carolina on 6169 St. Andrews Road. And it's, uh, you know, I'm there. I teach every class. We have uh, 13 jiu-jitsu classes for adults every every week. And we got six kids classes and uh, kickboxing class. So it's, uh, you know, every day. And like I said, I teach, I teach every day, six classes, five classes a day. And, um, you know, I really enjoy it, man. It's the uh, best job in the world. That's great. And, and the website, is it SpartanAcademyMMA.com? MMA, yes. Okay, SpartanAcademyMMA.com. Um, there's also a Facebook page, you know, people that want to keep up, stay updated with the stuff that we are doing. And um, if you guys are in South Carolina, any, anybody can just come and visit, man. That's great. And I, and I appreciate you keeping your doors open for people who are traveling through and, and want to come visit and train with you. Do you have any sponsors you want to thank? Uh, mainly, I would like to thank uh, Zorbis. That's uh, you know the restaurant, Greek and Italian restaurant chain town. They have the best food, man. That's uh, I tell everyone that comes to South Carolina: one, come train with us, and two, go eat at this place. You know, um, and there's also a Move Fitness, which is a former Ghost Gym here in town. A friend of mine owns it. He's one of my blue belts, and um, you know they they're always supporting me, and that's what I do all my my physical training. You know. Um, there is also Heavy Rollers, which is a, a jiu-jitsu fighting uh, brand, and uh, Vinnie Clark, my graphic designer, and SVG Digital, which is the marketing media for uh, for us. So it's uh, you know those guys they help me out a lot. So I'm uh, I'm very thankful, you know. Well, that's great, and we'll put links to those in, in your website and your Facebook page on the show notes. Um, Gibson, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, look forward to, to watching you in the new year and and, uh, and seeing what happens. Byron, thank you so much, man. It's uh, such a pleasure, and uh, I hope everyone have a great new year, and uh, hopefully to to have better results this year, better than this, you know, 2015, which was uh, I think the best year for me, man, as far as competitions and all that. So I'm. Uh, I'm praying I'm going to be working hard for 2016 and be uh, even better, you know? All right. Looking forward to that. I would like to thank Gibson Saw for uh, taking the time out of his day to uh, talk to us and uh, and our listeners here so uh, we can all learn something. But uh, what I got most out of it is the basics, and, and it seems like that's the focus of our show, basics and consistency. But, you know, he just focuses on the basics, the the people he trains with, he doesn't have an all-star cast to train with. He trains with his students, and he's such a high-level guy. Like I said earlier, he has submitted both uh, Jeff Munson and uh, Hector Lombard with the basics, with a rear naked choke. Here's a guy who just stays consistent, really works on his basics, trains with his own with his own group of guys, his own students, and he is that high of a level person. So uh, stick to the basics. Yep, you will go far. Uh in a, in a reliable path, I think. I mean, you could do something crazy and weird, and it might it might work. But just like I guess it's like playing the lottery. Like usually, the basics are the safe bet. The basic is like the bank, and the and the and the crazy stuff is more like the lottery. Um, yeah. does that make sense? Speaking of the lottery, <laughs> if you don't hear from either Byron or I next week, one of us probably won the nine hundred million dollars or a billion dollar lottery. So. Uh, if you don't hear from us or if there's not a show out next week, that's probably what happened. 
Yeah, but you know this whole theme of uh, of consistency. You know, at the beginning of the podcast with the quote and the article, and yeah, uh, this is one consistent podcast, Gary. It is one sure. consistent, and even though, to be honest, I was just joking. As much <laughs> as we love jujitsu, if I won the billion the billion dollar lottery, I'd still be here next week. Oh I'd man! Like, hey Byron, what time you want to record? But. I'd probably be recording uh, in somewhere in the mountains uh, in a cabin uh, that I just bought, but uh, instead of Wichita, Kansas. But I would still be recording. Well, honored, Gary, that I would still be getting a little bit of your time. Um, you, you probably have. It sounds like you might have slightly better odds than me, but not really much different because I don't have a ticket. <laughs> well, don't worry, Byron. <laughs> if I win, you win. Oh man, it's on the yeah. record here. Um, yeah. I'll just be so happy for you for for that's how that's how you that's how I win It's just yeah. my pure joy. You'll probably donate some more mats to me. Uh, yeah, I'll give you my used uh, used mats, so uh, you'll be all set. But she's already done that once before, so so. Uh, have I given you some mats? You got you, yeah. I've got. Uh, don't tell nobody, but uh, I have some uh, grappling mats at the fire station, courtesy of Gary. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So. Yep. See, I do good deeds every now and then. Hook up the old Wichita Fire Department. Yep, all of uh, all the the, the firefighters I train with, um, they got the basics down a little bit there, and and they all I, I really like showing them the knee across the stomach or knee on the belly with with yep. p- pinning the pinning the hands to the chest as a good way to to maintain situational awareness and control of a of a patient that may be a little unruly without doing any actual damage. So, done it a couple of times, and my guys all know it, and uh, and they'll be able to do that. Uh, I'm confident. So that's uh, it's really uh, we don't really do a whole lot of submission stuff. We just some positional stuff and. And I also have taught them how to get up, you know, should they be put down and, and get, you know, get away. They wouldn't get wailed on for too long. But it's kind of funny, you know, I mentioned training with the guys at the station. I didn't realize that I was like by far the smallest guy until we got on the mat. <laughs> Nobody, I mean, they're all like 230 pounds and over six foot two. And I'm like, man, these guys are monsters. <laughs> well, it's only going to make you better, Byron. I guess, yeah. Yep. So. Yep. I'm surprised though you didn't stick with the uh, basics teaching in the basics like front flying triangles and arm bars right off the bat. Yeah, th- those are uh, that's next week. Okay, next week okay. Here. As long so. as you're going to teach, <laughs> they got to know that stuff. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah, definitely. You know definitely. what is another like maybe not the most important thing, uh, but that's usually breakfast is the most important thing. But uh, after that is a five star review that we get from our listeners. Yes, definitely. Uh, hook us up with a five-star review um, on iTunes. Uh, send us an email to uh, bjjbrick at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook page and let us know that was you. And uh, the funnier the better. And uh, if you live in the United States, we'll get you out of BJJ Brick Gee Patch. Not the Care Bear Gee Patch Byron was talking about earlier, but the old, uh, the famous and ever-popular BJJ Brick Gee Patch. Dude, the the care bag key patch is a good idea. You could have a different color uh, patch per belt that you are, and uh, and I don't know. I'm sure that like the blue care bear is different than the purple care bear, like what they care about. But it's all good, and uh, it's all good in the hood. That's true. Yeah, that's in the care bear hood, man. You got to be careful. Care bear hood. That's a bad. That's a bad <laughs> place. You better know your basics. Yep, that's right. <clears throat> I am uh, really excited about next week's show. Next week's show, we have a, a two-part show, uh, Tim Sled's Taboo. And uh, I know you guys have probably all listened to our previous interview with Tim Sled. It was so good. We brought him back, not just for one more show, for two more shows. 
So uh, definitely don't miss uh, next couple weeks. Yeah, do your do yourself a favor. If you missed the Tim Sled interview, he's he's like um, he's very analytical. He's he's good at explaining things, and he, he's, he's just, just very intelligent. Yeah, and and he'll and he explains the, his thoughts about jujitsu and systems building, and you know instead of just learning random moves, he wants to build a system and, and get that uh, for you and have and have that be. Uh, you know your foundation and and like great and his other interview was also a two-parter so uh this one coming up next week we're going to talk about some like taboo topics like washing your belt and the history of belts and in, in martial arts in general and and uh like yep. a gauntlet whipping you know whipping yeah, people with whipping. belts yep. it's not all belt related but uh <laughs> you know what to do if you want to leave a gym you know how to do that properly and 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 what to do if your instructor's mad at you for leaving and what are, what are some good reasons and bad reasons to leave so. Yep. And the ever popular, what happens if you, uh, run into a fake black belt? So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff. And, and, you know, we're talking about how, you know, he, he's very analytical, very intelligent, and, uh, um, you know, thinks, I don't know, I think sometimes a little differently the way he explains stuff. It just makes so much sense. But both the times we've done interviews with him, we didn't plan on two parts. It just, uh, he, it just, just kept morphing, morphing into even a better show. So uh, both of them turned into two parts. So definitely don't want to miss the next couple of weeks. Yep, absolutely. Gary, where can somebody connect with us? You can connect with us on social media. Um, Facebook is our biggest one there, um, BJJ Brick. And we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on uh YouTube, YouTube. Let's don't forget YouTube. We yeah. are now putting all of our uh, all of our shows on YouTube. So uh, check us out on YouTube. There we go. We got lots of stuff. And uh, I was reviewing our Facebook uh, policy or not Facebook our Facebook uh, page, like a year in review thing, and we responded to one hundred percent of the messages we received on our Facebook fan page, Gary. And and I yeah. think the average time was like twenty minutes. So if you really want to get a hold of us, one of us will get you back. Uh, pretty quickly, unless it's you know a little middle of the night, and that slows us down and brings it twenty minutes, opposed to like three you know two minutes. So. Yeah, and we did a lot better than we actually planned. Our goal was to respond to one out of every hundred <laughs> within three weeks. So uh, we really destroyed our goal. So uh, give ourselves a pat on the back. Absolutely, uh, but Gary, I'd give you a pat on the back. But uh, at this time of recording, you're a little bit further away from my from my arm's reach. So yeah, and hopefully next week. After I win the Powerball, it could be a little bit farther. Well, you could fly me in and we could record it in your built-in studio. That's what we'll do. We'll build a studio. There we go. Yep. Studio with mats. And it will be like Budo Jake, man. Yeah, yeah. If we can only be like Budo Jake. <laughs> I, man, sweet, uh, sweet possibilities only if Gary could win the lottery. Yep. So everybody cross your fingers for me. Even though by the time you listen to this, it'll already be over. That's true. So, Gary, I, good luck. I, I'm alone. I can tell you that, and it still be uh, still be active. But Thank uh, you. this is the part of the show that, that I think it brings me quite a bit of joy is uh, to talk about Gary Gary's audiobook he's been working on. Um, I I've been tempted to do a Care Bear themed one, but I really couldn't get that figured out in my head uh, that well. Thank you. So, Thank you. <laughs> but Gary, you know it's. It's going to be great once you get this audiobook put out because it's really going to uh, be a, a way to get uh, more information out to the people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's always good to get information out to the people. So uh, this book you, you're working on and spent countless hours of researching and, and just experience in the you know in the in the in the streets would be uh, it's called the dark side 
of Facebook fights, getting down and dirty. So uh, most people don't realize that Gary has been in quite a few Facebook fights, and he's pretty good. So uh, I'd like to hear like a little bit of advice about uh, some of these uh, Facebook fights and, and how you've survived and how you're able to carry on. Well, you know, the, the biggest piece of advice I could give to somebody who's going to get in Facebook fights Set up a fake profile. <laughs> I'm telling you, a fake profile, you can get in fights with anybody and they don't know who it is. So number one advice, set up a fake profile and mess with everybody possible. But don't let anybody know that you set up that fake profile. And uh, nobody's going to be able to find out who you are, where you're at. So uh, as long as you're witty and you have a lot of free time on your hand, you're probably going to win those Facebook fights. So, uh, fake profiles. Please. Any any tips for the fake profile about like you know what type of person to be? You know, you could you could be a little bit of everything, but the hardest part when you start your fake profile is trying to get friends so that people will believe you. Because right off the bat, <laughs> when you get friends, nobody in their nobody will friend you. So what you need to do, you, you got to get different groups of friends too. But the one way I noticed to get the jujitsu friends is. As soon as you find out, like there's a tournament or, or MMA fights that somebody's getting ready ready to, you know, let's say there's a tournament this weekend, post on your Facebook page, you know, ready for Naga, ready for AFG, ready for Pan Ams, and then put that in there, you know, a little bit before that, put how you've been training a couple times a day and you're ready for it, and then friend all the jiu-jitsu guys in town. A lot of them will bite. Once you start <laughs> getting those people to bite, then everybody else will bite. So then you get that set of friends, and then you just have to you just have to use that logic to get you know different groups of friends. So uh, it's a uh, it as long as you you know have a plan, you can make it work. You, I have a great plan and uh, how to get like a like a lot of friends uh, come out of the woodworks for a fake Facebook profile, win the lottery, fakely on yeah. Facebook. Man, right? That gives me an idea. Well, that's I'm excited about this idea, but uh, you, yeah. you know you don't have to win the billion dollar lottery. You could win the twenty million and just you'd be super happy about this. And people are going to be be your friend because they want a little they chunk. They want the money. Yeah, they so, want some money. And then the people that you mess with will not be very good friends because they're just friending you for money. Yeah, but all you do is you just send them over to somebody else's house, <laughs> <laughs> and you make sure you're there to record it from across the street. There you go. This is a good yep. idea, um, yep. Gary. I'm excited about this audio book. Um, it's really going to help. This one, I think, I might really publish. Yeah, I, it's. It, I really am interested in like the details of some of these fights. Are they just are they keyboard fights or are they going to be actual confrontations? I would imagine. Oh no, it's keyboard warrior. Yeah, those are the yeah. toughest kind. Yeah, yep. Some of those guys are really tough on the on the keyboard. Yep. So uh, good times as always, and as soon as Gary gets the uh, the artwork worked out for this book. It's going to go uh, look live, so stay tuned yep. for that. Yep, it, so uh, definitely check it out. Yep, speaking of stay tuned, uh, we'll catch you guys next week with our uh, highly controversial episode, uh, Taboos with Tim Sled Part 1. And uh, as always, stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.